I've lived a thousand lives I've piloted a thousand souls I killed and fought and died Just for a single role Hey, we're here! Huzzah! We made it! Um, I actually have a script I'm supposed to run, so we need to act a little bit professional. <clears throat> Hello! Thank you for joining us. This is session one of Great American Witch. It's an actual play adapted from the Great American novel, and we are on Happy Jack's RPG Network. I am uh, going to be running this game. I'm Christopher Gray. To catch up on the last episode, we did a session zero, um, and you can find that at happyjacks.org slash greatamericanwitch. And all of the other shows are also on the Happy Jacks Network uh, at happyjacks.org slash shows. So uh, why don't we go ahead and introduce our players for session one of this, uh, I think, is going to be an amazing campaign. I'm really looking forward to it. You want to take it, Mac? Uh, I want to take everything, all the things. <laughs> I have kleptomania. I mean, what? What's happening? Hi, guys. I'm Mac. I <laughs> am going to be playing uh, the craft of Lilith. And I, uh, my character is Amelda Lake, but she goes by Mel. Super not ready to kick things off. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, what you got? Hey, I'm Emily Vanderwerf. I am playing... A witch who practices the craft of Hecate, and uh, I, uh, my name will be Abigail Hawks. I think that's all I do. Joe, you are up. 
Hey all, I'm Joe Koo, and I will be playing uh, Albert, who goes by Al. We might discover he has a, another name as well during the campaign. We'll find out. Uh, Al is of the Spider Grandmother craft. Awesome. Last but not least, Mr. Jim. Hi, uh, I will be playing Cabe Warner, who is a practitioner of the craft of Terra. Uh, he is the town lawyer. We are going to learn a lot about these characters and a lot about what crafts mean. And uh, we're going to learn their story. So I am looking forward to getting started. Our story begins in Salem, Indiana. An ironically named small town in the Rust Belt. Uh, actually, this town is in Jefferson County, which is south Indiana. This is more agricultural rural and there was a lot of business in this town uh, both in steel and in agriculture and in cars and all kinds of things back in the 70s but things have changed and it is a crumbling exterior the people are uh, not only disenfranchised but they're disillusioned and um, in many ways broken this is um a ghost of what it used to be. There was a main street alive with a theater and restaurants and they would do parades. And now it's just vacant. And there are these sort of lost souls that just wander around. Salem also had a really amazing train station. And this train station was with this beautiful Gothic structure and way too opulent even for the town, but they were trying to make a mark as a part of the rail line. Uh, and that's been completely abandoned. Many of the uh, town's homeless live there. So it's not uh, what it was. Uh, you all are, are actually um, in charge of a halfway house, which is sort of on the outskirts of town. Uh, we didn't discuss in Session Zero what the name of the halfway house was. But I thought Salem's Hearth would be nice, if you all like that one. I'm good with that. And you get some corporate funding to do what you do. But the thing is, you don't really do what halfway houses do. They're probably in a pinch you do what you really are doing. Or you're, you're, you're protecting witches that have no place to go under the guise of a halfway house. So um, while there probably are mundanes there, it usually is really, uh, you know, just witches that are that need help. Some of them might be destitute. Uh, some of them may be running from something. Some of them might be in trouble. And, and that's sort of what the, the hearth's uh, purpose is as a coven. So that's that's where we are. The um, uh, the November elections have passed and it's uh, nearing the end of November which is exciting because that means winter solstice is coming. Uh, it also means that um, it's cold <laughs> in Indiana this time of year. Um, the first snow hasn't come, but it's coming. And uh, there's something else that's really spectacular that's happening in uh, December, and it's supposed to happen right on the winter solstice. And that is um, a full solar eclipse is going to pass through Salem. Now, that is probably something none of you have seen, uh, but apparently the power of witchcraft is 
unbelievable during a solar eclipse. So it's probably something you might be looking forward to, or you might be afraid of. But that that is definitely coming, and it's happening on the solstice. So it should be a pretty interesting time. We're going to start this game uh, in a chapter setting. Uh, the chapters are, uh, th there are different chapters in this game, which kind of frame what the scene is. This one's going to be called a, uh, is it's called a, uh, a momentum chapter. And what happens here is that we're just going to introduce a bunch of different plot elements and you're just going to sort of navigate your way through. You're not in, under an immediate threat. You're not really on a mission. This isn't really even anything that's going to be uh, a trouble. You might be mundane, you might not be, but we're just going to kind of introduce the characters and, and go through what your average day might be, but with some escalating things happening as you are going through your day. So that's the purpose of this scene. So to start it off, you all need to choose what aspect you are in. So that means you're either mother, maiden, or crone. Entirely your choice. It will change your stats. Um, so if you are mother, you will get a plus one to wisdom. If you're uh, maiden, plus one to mercy. And if you are crone, plus one to severity. So this is, uh, think of it as a mood that your character might be in, or just an overall approach and how you're going to approach the character during this time. So uh, why don't we go around the table and discuss um, with a bit of narrative control, sort of what your character is doing at this moment in the halfway house. Uh, give us a picture of who you are and, and sort of what's happening. Um, well, I think Mel is probably in the crone aspect right now. Um, with the upcoming solar eclipse has got her kind of rattled. Um, it wasn't that long ago that she joined this coven and she, her powers kind of got away from her at one point, and she accidentally made a vampire. And so she's worried about what this coming eclipse is going to mean for her abilities and her powers, and if she's going to do something untoward with them. Yeah, that's um, that might be concerning for you. And so where is this vampire? Uh, I'm going to give you a bit of narrative control. We're sort of out of line in the game, but I need to know. I need to know the deets. Yeah, um, they're still living in living <laughs> in town. Um, uh, it was really an accident. It was somebody that um, she struck out at in a bit of an anger. Um, so... I hadn't come up with a name. You don't need to. We can <laughs> but, come back to that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're still in town. Okay. All right. So uh, so you're, you're at the halfway house. And the halfway house, I, I, I imagine, and we can work together on this a bit, is uh, you know probably once a medical center but has been converted. Um, and there's you know a couple of wings, perhaps. Uh, we've already established that this coven has maybe in. 10 or so at the most, in addition to you all, uh, various people working in there, um, various uh, witches that are are living there. Um, there's only a couple at this point, but uh, it, it's probably not under great maintenance. And, you know, there's probably a cafeteria. Uh, you have your own room. Okay. What about the rest of you? What are you um, doing right now in this moment? late November in Salem, Indiana. 
Oh, you're on mute, Jim. Zoom bingo. There you go. Um, I think that I am also going to be in... Actually, no, I'm going to be in Mother. Because uh, right now what I'm doing is I'm helping a lot of people with their bankruptcies and a whole bunch of different things. So I'm like probably like in the kitchen with like a pot of coffee and a bu- stacks of file cases and, you know, like a calculator and a, and a pad of paper and a pencil, just sort of like pouring over stuff, trying to help people out. Okay, cool. Um, Albert is in Maiden. I think the first we see of him will be him getting up from his bed in the morning. We pull back and we reveal that he's in his bedroom at the Salem's hearth. And his bedroom is lined with, you know, wires and string all over the place, almost like a spider's web. But it's in three dimensions. It's like one of those Sherlock Holmes deals where there's strings connected everywhere. And he wakes groggily. You see that he is uh, an older gentleman um, of mixed race. Uh, He slowly ambles up and he walks towards a tag that's hanging on one of the strings. And the tag says, Albert Whitefeather. And he simply says to himself, Albert, my name is Albert. And we'll let that hang. There's nothing at all odd about that. Abigail, um, do you go by Abigail or by Abby? Never Abby, please. Always Abigail. Um, I have to tell you, my computer has completely frozen up. So all I can do is hear you. I can't look at the manual. So can you remind me of what Maiden is? I have a rough idea of the other two. Uh, Maiden will uh, give you a bonus to Mercy. Uh, And it's usually the, uh, you know, creating life as opposed to taking it away. Uh, um, And it's it's the the vibrant spring energy that you would find. Um, I think... Uh, I think Abigail's in Crone because she's going to have to be away from the house a lot more um, at the church where she works. Uh, And that uh, I think we come to her. She's not in the house. She's sitting outside in her car, which is, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of a nice big family sedan that was new three or four years ago. And uh, she's sitting there uh, looking at the front door, knowing she has to go in, knowing she wants to go in, but like doing this thing with her fingers, running each one against her thumb. Um, And she's in uh, what we in the trans community call guy mode, which is exactly what you'd think it would be. Um, But there's like a duffel bag in back with some of the stuff that she's going to wear when she goes in. Um, And yeah, she's uh, something's got her, agitated mm-hmm. okay uh and is is pastor hawks uh there right now no no um my dad is back at the church uh i mean christmas is coming you know and christmas is the big one of the big times of year it's when we have you know a lot of people come in we have a lot of 
offering and all of that. And I assume if it's late November, Thanksgiving is also around the corner, which mm-hmm. is not as big, but it's also a big deal. Um, and I think I'm the I'm the one child who stayed home, so uh, my my siblings will be back for the holiday as well. So there's just a lot of like pressure that Abigail feels caught in the middle of. Um, but this is the place she feels most at home, even though she's not at home here. So, um, and you were outside, wait, which house were you outside of? Outside, outside the halfway house. The halfway house. Oh, okay. Got it. Like, yeah, I assume there's parking. (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know, it's one of those things where there was parking and a lot of weeds have broken through the asphalt and the things that stop the tires, those curbs are like broken and some of them are not there. It needs to be painted, yeah. but yes, there is parking. I have I, I have this image of, of her in this this you know sedan that's kind of faded and has mud crusted on it from taking it on the back roads and um, looking up at the halfway house and like it's on because it's cold uh, and she doesn't care about climate change apparently and like it's just sort of the the exhaust is pluming out from it as she sits there and stares up at the uh, building. Well, I think Abigail would be the first to notice a. Um, uh, a county car come up. It's not like a police car or patrol car. It's sort of like it has the, the, the county symbol on it. It's like one of these white SUVs uh, come up. And, uh, and and there is a um, kind of well-dressed, kind of polo shirt, khakis type of well-dressed, uh, neat haircut, sort of 45-year-old man getting out. And he has um, an iPad and a shoulder bag. And he's going like into the, Halfway house with a mission. Uh, Abigail's just going to watch. Um, she's uh, she's in guy mode. She can't exactly hop out because she's recognizable. Mm. So. Okay, so um, this man comes into the halfway house. There is a reception area. Uh, is there anybody at the reception area? I feel like I probably spend a lot of time at the reception area since I've been kind of adopted into this household and am trying to sort of earn my keep. I think we, I'm trying to remember during session zero, I think we established my character is like, she's pretty young. She's maybe 20 at the latest. So actually I'll just go with 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we know that, uh, Albert's probably still in his room. Cave is probably yeah, still in yeah. his office, right? Dealing with clients or pro bono clients, I'm assuming. Well, right now, I, the way I picture it, I'm in the halfway house in the kitchen. Oh, okay. Using the the kitchen table to spread out a whole bunch of files, and I'm sort of just snacking, drinking coffee, and sort of buried in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then um, I'll get used to the names. Mel's the one then that sees this guy come in. Yeah. Uh, he uh, gives you a, a curt smile. Uh, says, "Yes, I'm uh, Mr. Bennett with uh, with the county, uh, looking for the uh, I guess the, the boss who does uh, the paperwork." Oh, oh, you want? Um, I'm sorry, Jim. What's your character's name again? Abe. Abe. Oh, you want to talk to Abe? Okay. Cabe like cable. Oh, Cabe. Cabe. That's yeah. Mr. That's Mr. Warner. He's looking at his iPad. Yes, I think that is the person I need to speak with. Uh, can you tell him that probate's here? 
Yeah, let me... County Corrections. Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna go scurry off to go find him. And head to the kitchen. Uh, there's somebody here to see you? About probate? Um, okay. Yeah, I'll be out there in a second. I sort of get up and I, I grab my uh, my suit jacket and put it up and I check my tie and I head out to the front. Right, are you going to take your time? No, I'm not going to be... I, I'm not going to rush through it, but I'm, I'm definitely not trying to make a power move or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, he. Uh, and I'll I, go back out there beforehand and just let him know that he's coming and... The... Um, uh, he, while you were at, he he was looking for some coffee, and there is a coffee machine. Well, it's one of those like you know, aluminum kind of machines that he that's sort of on a side table with those disposable cups. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know that anybody's ever used it. You know, you 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 may never have ever seen it used, and so if you see him doing it, you're probably going to go, oh, you know, there's nothing in there. And he's looking <laughs> around and realizing how dusty and uncleaned it is, and he just sort of like throws the cup down. Uh, just as Cave walks in, and uh, he says, "Oh, you." I are... walk in and I have two mugs of coffee. Just so you know, <laughs> you're Mister Warner. Yeah, yeah. Cave, uh, coffee. Uh, yes, please. Thank you. I'm Mister Bennett from the County Probation uh, Office, actually under under Corrections. Uh, and you you know that's you the, the Halfway House gets funding from that department. Oh, oh, very pleasant to meet you. Uh, I immediately give him one of my business cards. Uh, thank you. Yes, I'll need this. I, um, you know, our, we have a new county supervisor. And so I'm just making the rounds of all of our budget line items, so nothing to be concerned with. I was looking at the records here, though, and I see that um, you haven't had an intake in over a year. Well, you have to understand that this is a very... Uh particular process that we take very seriously in the rehabilitation of people coming through here. And you have to understand also that uh, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a huge transient uh, element in this town. Uh, Most of the people that need help live here. And we do extend uh, a lot of help to residents uh, that that may or may not come through the house as well. Uh, we see ourselves as caretakers of this entire town uh, and, uh, you know, uh, trust and believe. And I can back this up with uh, plenty of proof that uh, the funds that you uh, give us here are very well used and are a great boon to the people of this town. Uh, certainly were a great boon for the predecessor in charge of the um, county's office here. But that uh, doesn't change the fact that you uh, get funds from the county, Jefferson County, and you're not, you don't have any intakes. So uh, you understand that we need to audit this. Okay, so uh, before you go on, I'm going to introduce the first uh, kind of mechanic in the game. I'm introducing a conflict into the game. So um, if you look at the desktop, I'm going to change it for the viewers here. Uh, we have a conflict in play already called Solar Eclipse. That's just going to be there until the Solar Eclipse happens. Um, Mr. Bennett 
from the county is now a new conflict. So uh, if you do something, you're going to probably end up having to roll. That's what you're going to be rolling against. Okay. It's like, Mr. Bennett, I completely understand your point of view because uh, uh, after all, this is uh, a situation where you need to have a return on your investment. And we here understand that and appreciate that. And not only that, but we appreciate the great lengths that you people go to make sure that organizations like ours stay afloat. So I would be happy to sit down with you and review the and, and review the books. Uh, and I'm certain that I'd be able to justify any and all expenses that we have here. Um, and, you know, if possible, I'd, I, I'd love to uh, speak to uh, anyone that has concerns uh, over this facility at any time. Um, we're an open book to you. And um, I just hope that uh, you see it in your hearts to uh, value the work that we do the way we do. Okay, so you're clearly trying to talk your way out of this, but I need to figure out what your motivation is. Are you trying to uh, sincerely help him and become a partner to the halfway house? Or are you trying to protect secrets? Or are you trying to divert him? I am trying to honestly provide him with all the information he needs to do his job without giving away anything that we don't want to give away. So uh, what he's trying to do is be sort of the gatekeeper of the information that is being doled out. Um, what he is concerned about is having an, uh, uh, an outside investigation going on into what we're doing that would cause us problems. So I'm trying to placate this man as much as possible uh, to get him to understand our point of view. Okay. So you're going to roll befriend, which is a mercy roll. And what's your aspect? My aspect is uh, mother. Okay. So it's just your straight mercy step. Yeah, I just got a plus one to that. So let me grab my dice thingy. You're confronting Mr. Bennett from the county. I got a seven on... No, I'm sorry, an eight because I have my plus one, so I got an eight. Okay. I'm going to turn that sideways, which means it's been subdued, but it might come back. Um, and he kind of, he said, well, I appreciate your open, and he doesn't get to finish his sentence because the phone rings. And it's one of those phones that used to be in schools in the 90s, you know, so the ringer is extremely loud, and it has the push button, and uh, I think that Mel's, like, right there. Um, oh, I've been here the whole time. I've been, I figure I was kind of leaning on the reception, sort of... Pretending like I wasn't listening, but listening the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, the phone has interrupted him. And we're just going to hold right there. What's going on back with uh, with Al, Albert? Albert, I believe, has been watching from uh, the second floor, like over by a banister. He hasn't come down to make himself known. He's more, he's more observing, as he tends to do. Um, and he kind of lets... Uh, Cabe handle more of the day-to-day -day when it comes to the system and paperwork and the politics, which Albert just has no patience for. Um, and he's he's going to see if um, there's a, a moment where uh, Mr. Bennett walks away, um, and then he's going to make his way down and and see what's what. 
He's not walking away yet because he's interrupted by the phone and he's a right. little frustrated by that because he was about to say something. Um, I'm obs- I'm just observing until that moment. And uh, outside, now. Abigail, are you um, going to come in or are you still waiting for this guy to leave? Uh, I'm going to chance coming in. Um, and uh, there's a there's a small room just off to the the front entrance um kind of a small washroom you know not a full bathroom but has a sink and uh some places to hang things and i'm going to risk going in there and changing into my uh garb um and uh the odds of him recognizing me you know are are pretty high but when i have i think when i have my 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 clothes on um i'm uh and i'm in or near the house or other members of the coven, like it's more of a disguise than it would be. Like if somebody looks really closely, they might pick me out, but uh, I gen- generally, I tend to uh, quote unquote pass. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we can go with that. Now uh, this chapter requires you to spin charm. If you want to introduce a truth, like there's a room to the side, uh, I'm okay. not going to do it. I'm not going to make you do it just because you don't know the game yet, but um, there will be other chapters where you can just do that. Uh, okay. But yeah, we'll just accept that as truth. That's fine. Uh, and it makes sense. So um, does anybody see her come I in? I think Albert would be keen to that. And Albert's going to let himself be a distraction if he senses that Abigail needs it to make sure that Abigail can do what Abigail needs to do. And I do need it. So Yeah, and... Um, Abigail and Albert. Well, Abigail doesn't notice this, but Albert, you do. Um, a raven is mm. following Abigail inside to the ha- inside the halfway house. Mm. Uh, this is a raven, not a crow. Mm-hmm. Ravens aren't really around here. You see those in mountains yeah. and places like that. I so, would be very familiar. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, uh, coming into the halfway house behind her. Uh and I guess anybody facing the door would see that. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody sees that except for Abigail. Um, so who's going to answer the phone? I guess I am. Okay. Uh, Salem's Hearth. Uh, before even any words are spoken, you feel a rush of power come from the phone. And you hear a sweet voice on the other side. Hi, this is uh, Lola from New Orleans. Well, Lola from New Orleans, what can I do for you? Oh, um, are you with this halfway house? With? Like, I live here. At this point, Mr. Bennett's getting a little impatient. Now he's listening to this conversation on the other side. Pardon me, Mr. Bennett. Apparently there's something going on here in the phone area. If you'd like to follow me to my office, I'd be glad to discuss this further with you. Okay. Uh, Lola says, uh, yes, with, as in, are you uh, part of the crew? Oh, you mean with, in quotation marks, winky face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, I am one of the seven sisters in New Orleans, and I just wanted to let your coven know 
that we are very excited about the coming winter solstice and completely in awe with the fact that there's going to be a solar eclipse in your town on the solstice. So we are going to come up and celebrate with you. Okay. And just for clarity, uh, the Seven Sisters are basically the bosses of organized witchcraft. Yeah, and I, I feel like Mel is very taken aback by this. Just like, I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> we know uh, that the coven has fallen on hard times, so we do not expect you to host us. But we will be inviting uh, all of the covens of the country to come and join us on this especially wonderful day. So we look forward to seeing you and you can tell your friends, uh, can't you, sweetie, that we're coming. I can if you don't call me sweetie again. Oh, and then she oh. just like kind of like like mouth hand to mouth like, oh shit, did I just say that kind of expression? I am so sorry. It is just the southern uh habit i will never do that again no i'm sorry i'm mm, sorry sorry oh very good then uh we will talk soon and if you need to reach us uh go through the veil uh just so that we know where it's coming from thank you click yeah uh mm. fuck good job mel mel is everything okay uh, I just spoke to one of the seven sisters, which, yeah, yeah, uh, and they're apparently inviting themselves to our town, along with all the other covens, for the eclipse. And I may have also been an asshole on the phone. Did she mention which sister she was? Lola? Of course. If you would like to spend a charm, you can know who that is. You have one charm. I forgot to mention. Everybody has one charm for showing up. Um, I'm going to hold off for now. But... Uh, uh, Al's going to look around at the state of the place and at himself and back at Mel. And <laughs> he's going to kind of insinuate that, like, this is not a good time. Like, Is there ever a good time? I mean, the place usually looks like this. That's true. But maybe that's, there's something we can do about that. How many people do we have with us? I mean, there's me, there's you, there's who's who's still here. And at this point, Albert seems genuinely a bit confused. Abigail can uh, make her appearance if she's done changing. I mean, there aren't that many of us here. Haven't been since I got here anyway. Right. Of, of course. Course. God, I'm such an idiot. Why would you say that? Because I was on the other end of the phone conversation and I heard myself. 
And what did you hear? An idiot. That's not what I heard. You're always way nicer to me than you need to be. No, I'm exactly as nice as I need to be. Shit, I just, I'm so, I'm so stressed out about everything right now. You know, you're not going to lose control. I mean, fool me once, fool me twice, you know? The problem with hearing yourself as an idiot is if you repeat that to yourself enough times, you start to believe it. You're not. You're here. You're home. You're an example for others now. I'll... I'll get to cleaning. I just... I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go clean. Abigail, are you back? I know she was having computer problems, so we'll just Mm -hmm. keep going. Uh, uh, So, back in the kitchen, uh, Mr. Bennett is looking at the array that you have set up in your office. Kind of heaves a sigh. Sits down. Uh... I mostly need to understand what it is you've been doing this year. If you don't have any uh, intakes. Um, I'm going to spend a charm and say that I prepped paperwork for this. Okay, (laughs) great. And I just pull about out a bunch of case folders of people that we've been helping. People that have only been here for maybe a couple of days and come out. Uh, you know, uh, uh, battered, battered spouse type situations. Uh, uh, situations where people just basically got kicked out of their apartment for, un- for not being able to pay rent. Uh, for basically being out of a job for months. Those kind of things. Uh, and all kinds of aid that we provide to the community. Um that may not completely go under our sanctioned, um, you know, uh, initiative here, but still providing aid to the community in general and providing a safe space for people that have fallen on hard times. Um, and also I have several files of, uh, some people that have been, uh, impacted by the, um, opiate crisis. So and I go, as you can see, certainly, you know, in the traditional sense of a halfway house, we don't have a lot of throughput of people that are staying here for months, rehabilitating and coming out. What we do is, and, and although we do get those cases uh, on a somewhat more infrequent basis than we did in the past, but we are generally a helping hand of this community and also, um, we do a heavy amount of contribution part as far as pro bono work for people. And I point at stacks of papers, uh, people that generally are having a hard time, um, 
in this economy and in this society as it stands. You can see just walking through this town that it's been heavily impacted by modern times. And uh, we, we want to keep a healthy and happy community, but that has been an uphill struggle throughout this past decade. Uh, hey, uh, time out real quick. Chris, are you, you're not muted, are you? They're having trouble hearing you. Yeah, it says that you're, they think you're on mute. Okay, I'm back. All right. I had accident, I was fixing the screens and I had accidentally um, muted myself and everybody missed one of the finest performances of my career. It's just poetic, really. I mean, um, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry it's, really. it's a shame. It um, really is. It's a shame. Uh, sorry about that. I saw, I saw you uh, moving. I was watching on Twitch as I was frantically trying to get back in. <laughs> I saw you move all the things around. And I was like, he's just going to have to do that again. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and that's for, for the, the sake of the viewers, the county supervisor said, you can't do this anymore, but I'm going to look the other way. New sheriff in town. Although it was way more eloquent than that. I mean, it was like, Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, while I have you here, Mr. Bennett, could you please uh, take the time to sit down with me and maybe go over the finer points of what your requisites are so I can make sure that everyone here is on board and is uh, following whatever instructions the new sheriff has? A raven walks into the kitchen. He's about to turn around because he senses something weird. I sort of look at him quizzically. Do I catch its eye? Uh, I don't know. Let's go back to that. Abigail, so you're changed and back? Yeah, uh, it took me a really long time to change for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, but yeah, I think I was working on eyeliner, and it's not a natural skill just yet. Uh, so I had to do like a, do it four or five times. And anyway, I'm here now. I walk out, uh, and now that I'm out of myself, you know, it's... Um, I'm not as recognizable to whoever this Mr. Bennett is. Um, so I just kind of uh, shove hands in the pockets of my hoodie and slouch through like any other 25-year-old girl. Uh, you see that uh, Mel has gone back. She looks, uh, I, I don't know how to describe her reaction, except that uh, like uh, upset maybe. It might be a strong Agitated. word. Agitated, yeah. Um, and, and Albert's there, uh, but kind of uh, looking after like you missed some moment. Something just happened, but you don't know what. Um, mm. And uh, Mr. Bennett and uh, and Cabe are are in the kitchen. Yeah, I kind of crane my neck around because I recognize Mr. Bennett. I probably, you know, he's probably the the church is in good with the various county uh, people. 
Um, but I, I couldn't tell you his name. I just know that I've seen him or I think I've seen him around. Like he seems familiar to me. If you're going to tell me I don't, then I don't, but he seems familiar to me. I think if it, I think it calculates that he would be going, he's new to town. So that's mm-hmm. probably why you recognize him because he mm-hmm. would have gone to church and, and you don't see a lot of fresh faces. Right. Yeah, uh, but he's he's embroiled in a conversation. Also, there's a giant raven walking into the kitchen behind him. Uh, I'm gonna uh, who's who's nearest to me? Whoever's nearest to me, people see that that bird, right? I was about to ask you if someone had followed you home today. I, as far as I know, no. Um, but uh, apparently, then we have there's a, a bird. I'll attend to our new guest. I think we might speak the same language. Okay. Well, if I can do anything to help, you know, just just let me know. And uh, yeah. Would you see to Mel? Oh. Uh, she may need to hear some support from someone closer to her age. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, You'll know what to do. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I go and seek out. Mel, who I assume is just in the next area. Yeah, cleaning half-heartedly. Um, hey, do you want some help with the cleaning? Um, I mean, that's up to you. I, uh, I just wanted to get some stuff done. Uh, is everything okay? Or you, you seem... You don't seem yourself. I just... I... (sighs) Thanks, cat. (laughs) There is another cat in the backyard, and he would like to sing the song of his people to everybody here on the stream. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a cat outside the halfway house doing just that. So um. Yeah. Well... (laughs) Sorry, guys. Pardon me one second. Okay, so uh, you're trying to catch uh, Mr. Bennett's eye to, so he does not notice the raven behind him, right? Yeah. How are you going to do that? I'm just going to like... I'm actually going to point him towards some paperwork that says, well, if you'd uh, investigate this, how could we actually codify and report this to the point where it actually might register? And I, I, I do up a little... Him. Yeah, I'm trying to distract him with just law talk. Okay, this is another move now uh, that the nice me would uh, just bring in a new conflict saying there's a raven behind Dr. Bennett, but I'd like to show off a little bit of the mechanics, so I'm not going to be so nice. Um, You need to confront a conflict in order to make a move, and the move is probably navigate others, which is a wisdom rule, because you're trying to get him, you're trying to coerce him into a certain behavior by, you know, tricking him, basically. Um, However, if you look at our uh, our conflicts, um, we have uh, Mr. Bennett from the con- the county has already been addressed this chapter. So, um, if you want to do that same conflict again, you'll need to pay a charm. However, I will give you another charm if you let me create another more severe conflict. You're on mute. I am all about that. Go ahead. 
Okay, awesome. So you have a charm, and the conflict, I'm going to bring it back to the desktop here, the conflict is going to be uh, the raven is transforming into a girl, a teenager, a teenage girl. That's our new. That's the conflict you're going after, which is a little bit more interesting than just Mr. Bennett, I think. So uh, go ahead and roll navigate others against that conflict using wisdom. And I think you said you were mother right now, right? Yes, I am mother right now, which brings me to a whopping minus one wisdom, as opposed to minus two. As opposed to minus two, <laughs> plus one, minus two, plus one. Hey, you made these things. I did. I didn't choose those stats. It was the most balanced set of stats available to Terra. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I did do that. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't hear you again. Yeah, I I have a dice rolling app, and when I change screens it doesn't allow the push to talk thing to work but in any case i rolled a 10 so that makes it a nine. Oh, awesome okay so it, it works you get another charm um so that's two one for taking the conflict and another one for rolling a 10 plus i, just oh, I rolled a voice. nine oh, i rolled a nine, rolled nine. i missed one. it all right yeah. so screw Sorry. that you don't get that extra charm you just get one Damn uh, being honest. so <laughs> so uh and and you resolve the conflict so uh this this Raven just transforms into a teenage girl who, you know, is kind of dressing predictably, having seen what she was. She's wearing black, you know. She's got the black hair that terribly dyed black from some box that she found, right? Uh, She's got, you know, she's got the black fingernails. And she's she's just slowly coming into form and slinking away, trying to not catch his attention. Um, and, uh, and that's what's happening behind him. But you're like, just cool as a feather. Like, okay, yeah, you know, here's the, and I'm going to toss her a wink. <laughs> he's, um, he's gathering the things and he says, you know, he's showing you the papers and where you have to sign the departments you have to file. And it's just all this busy, busy work. Doesn't even notice her, but yeah, you have a stray. In the I, I'm taking notes on what he's saying. And, uh, basically just, I, I am slowly moving my body to basically force him to be looking in the opposite direction. Like I'm going for another cup of coffee, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Cool uh, as a cucumber. Yeah. And just uh, as far as your, your witch is concerned, um, this was not magic, which is consensus magic. The moment it happens, they know what craft it is usually and everything. This was um, not magic. So you're Something really. from the veil. Then. No, right. no. It's well, probably a therianthrope. A supernatural creature that can turn into birds. Or an avian throat. Whatever it would be. Anyway. Not a werewolf. Or Good, a bi- Or a bicycle <laughs> being a werewolf. Uh, all right. So you, you, you just kind of know that just because that's who you are. You, you've been around long enough to understand what's happening. Anyway, uh, back to the, I guess it's the wing you are kind of cleaning in. There's, I picture yeah. this as kind of having two wings and you're sort of off on one wing. Yeah. With Abigail. Yeah. And there, the cat stopped screaming outside. Yeah. Man, I, those cats are getting out of control. I just... Ugh. 
Oh, you know, it's getting cold. They're looking for places to stay anywhere warm. They'll try and duck in. That's just how it is. Um, and I'm like walking around the room, looking at the various photos of, I'm going, can, do I need to spend time to say there are photos in this room? No, no, it's not. Okay. No, it's, you can have photos. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking at the photos of like probably former, former groups that were here, former covens, um, just former, you know, good times. And um, you can sense even in these photos with the way things have faded um and so uh she looks over at uh at mel and is like um you see that bird bird yeah there's like a big bird that like i guess followed me in that's what albert said but uh i didn't see it so i'm a little doubtful of this but yeah it came in okay um Hopefully he doesn't do anything that we have to clean up after because there's already plenty of cleaning we have to do before they get here. Um, so the reason I asked you if you were okay is because uh, uh, it was suggested to me that perhaps I should talk to you because I'm closer to your age. And I don't know what that means. So if there's something going on, like we can talk about it. I it's you know what it's it's fine it's 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 fine you sure yeah I don't know that age has a lot to do with it right now um yeah but I mean girl talk that kind of stuff uh I know that probably whatever it is is like you know the forces of, of evil are intruding upon this dimension or something. And it's probably not like a thing that could be solved in an afternoon, but we can like talk about it. Look, the problem is me. Okay. The problem is me potentially fucking up again. What do you think you did? I know what I did before and I'm worried that, you're I just do it again. Yeah. I know you, Mel. I mean I just get feelings about people sometimes and like usually they're right. And you're not gonna do it again. And if you do, it'll be because you have good reason. Like I mean like I'm here because I started like seeing ghosts and stuff. And yeah, granted, that's maybe not as super destructive, but it was still really freaky. And I think you're cool. And I think you know the stakes. And I think, ha ha ha, the stakes. Uh, and I think that you are going to kill it. And I'll be there cheering you on all the time. Go Mel. You make it sound real easy. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is sometimes. It kind of is just believing that you're not going to do it again because you know what happened the first time you did it. And I just, there's all this extra pressure now and this, all the covens are coming and... Well, maybe that just means that like you and I, we're not like important. We can just hang out and stay out of the way and like... I don't know. 
do cool stuff together. Like, you know, cool girl stuff. Like, watch a movie and sit around and conjure things. I don't know a lot about any of this, but that sounds cool to me. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how things go, and I I'm just gonna try and take it one step at a time right now. Okay. I because got your back. yeah, I I I appreciate that. I haven't had a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, before I came here, that is. Well, I haven't had a lot of that either. So maybe we can watch each other's back. Okay. Cool. I'm going to go see about that bird. Yeah. You know, um, I have to admit, I, I'm a little curious, (laughs) so maybe I will come with you if you don't mind. Absolutely. I I think when a bird walks in a house, you got to see what it wants. Uh, Mr. Bennett's on his way out um, because he got everything he needed and he kind of looks up at Albert and doing a mental calculus maybe or just sort of like, you know, maybe it's just exasperation as of the weirdness of this place. Uh, I nod and say, Mr. Bennett, without acknowledging that um, I don't think he has met me before. Um. You might need to clean this place up. There's birds drag some feathers in here. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, I was just on my way to attend to exactly that. Uh, in general, you know, there is a part of our budget that I can go to maintenance. Any help would be greatly appreciated. I'm sure it would be. And then he walks out kind of coolly. Um, I'm gonna go and, and look to where that teen raven girl is. Uh, sounds like everybody's converging then on the kitchen. Um, and at this point, uh, you know, you saw you saw Mr. Bennett out, and so back in the kitchen, she is uh, sort of sitting on the counter, crisscross applesauce, you know, uh, and she is hugging herself a bit. Um, and you can see now that you've got to look at her, it looks like she's. She's been beaten. She has some bruising on her face. Um, and she looks uh, frightened, but trusting. Um, unless anyone else wants to jump in, I think this is kind of Albert's wheelhouse. Um, he's going to walk in very calmly and very evenly say, my name is Albert. This is a safe place. It's a place for lost souls. It doesn't seem to me that you're so much lost. You came here for safety. Is that right? I heard you were witches. We're called many things by many people. What does that word mean to you? You can do magic. You can protect people. You can hurt people. You make us sound pretty powerful. Are you? Do you need us to be? I don't want to play those games. Are you or are you not? Uh, I would like to uh, do a blessing 
or let me see, oh, a divination. Um, to read the sky and know what is to come if in, in the immediate future, if present actions are left unchanged. I'm wondering, like short term, like what's, what can I glean out of this? Um, us reaching out and being vulnerable versus us like not opening up our hearts to this thing that just walked in. Uh, so this is a uh, a wisdom, it's a divination, so it's a wisdom role. Yeah. What, what aspect is that? I am, uh, let me see, I'm in uh, Maiden right now. And what aspect is that and, spell in? And that is a Maiden. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. So, oh, actually, in this chapter, that doesn't matter. I'm remembering my own rules. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, but you do get a wisdom bonus, and it's a Maiden spell, so you get the, uh, you don't get the, the mercy, because it's not a mercy roll, but... Right. You do get the the wisdom bonus to your role, and you're confronting okay. uh, Raven Girl. Yes, which is um, on the board. Yeah. Now, would I roll uh, just my two, or is it at woe or anything? No, it's just right you now. roll your okay. two. When we get into different types of chapters, you'll we'll start dealing with woe mm-hmm. and wheel, and we'll explain that when it happens. I've got an eight. All right. Um. So the um. And, and the, it, so you do you actually look at the sky when you're doing yes. this? I mean, so you can look out the window. You can kind of see the. I'm looking at the clouds, and like I'm, I'm just. It's very subtle, but yeah, I'm absolutely looking at the clouds and and divining right now. Yeah, there are um. There are many birds flying in the air, which is odd for this time of year. They should have been gone by now, um, mm. and you can't tell if they're geese or whatever they are, but they're they're up there pretty high. And you sort of get the um, the mix of this vision in your mind. And uh, if, if things are left unchecked, uh, you you see a vision uh, very similar to this behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of an unleashing of tremendous, unstoppable power. Uh, it doesn't really drive an emotion, but, you know, whenever you see anything powerful, you know, you witness a wild animal like a panther or something it's not that the panther's evil but you can right. feel the power There's, right yeah mm-hmm. that's sort of the 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 sense you get it you know and and you do see the eclipse mm. okay do i get a sense of um what's the best direction to take that's in alignment with protecting the coven that part of the divination um yeah the uh uh, uh, protection and mentoring. Mm. Okay. And this is in relation to this girl? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will say to her evenly, we are exactly as powerful as we need to be to take care of those who need our support. Are you witches or not? Answer the fucking question. I am. Thank you. Albert's going to fetch a um, a cup and prepare some water to boil, but he's just very casual. He's just kind of like he's he's here to answer the questions, and he's beginning the slow process of trying to earn this girl's trust. 
She's watching everybody just in turn. Not saying anything right right now. She's thinking. I'm preparing a tea. Um, putting some tinctures in it. Nothing magical. It's just a chamomile tea with some spice from our garden. I'm going to grab the first aid kit. I'm assuming there is one. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, by now, we've probably entered. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say, where, did anybody see where that bird went? Oh, um, I'd like to say that you saw this whole inter- interaction. Okay, all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you were just in the next room over. Okay, all right. Um, I, I kind of like uh, look over at the girl. And I'm like, hi, I'm Abigail. How are you? Shitty. I mean, been there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about why you came here? I heard you were witches. Um, I mean, witches have been known to be around here. Yeah. Um. I mean, come on, everyone. The thing just turned from a crow into a young girl. I think we can be okay. Yes, we're all witches, and yes, we can help you, but you got to tell us why. I kind of shoot um, <laughs> uh, Cabe uh, a look. I think, like, every now and then we'll we'll kind of disagree on how things are approached, and I was doing this whole long con of like making the tea, and I'm, and now it's just like okay, well, I guess that's all gone to shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you know what we are. What's your deal? They kicked me out of the clan. Really, I left, and they're hunting me. And they like me, and I can't fight them off. So you came here for protection? If you can protect me. If not, I'll just hide. I've gotten away before. This is a safe place, and if you need it, we will shelter you. I believe this can be a sanctuary if you need it, as it was for all of us here. Looks like a shithole. A disguise. It is kind of a shithole. Yeah, not going to lie about that part. Albert's visibly sunken <laughs> at hearing that. I'm going to move towards her and I'm going to go, can I touch you? I just want to take care of this thing on your cheek. Okay. So I start you're the only one that cleaning was... it off and helping her like, all right, honey, I know you're pissed off and you're in a bad situation. But you got to be straight with us. Because if we're going to help you, we got to know what we're up against. So yeah. Yeah. people don't get pissed off at other people for no good reason. And they don't go spending all their time hunting them down for no good reason. So why don't you tell us what happened? I'm not saying what you did, what happened. And maybe we can kick off a conversation to help you out. Someone got hurt and they blamed me. And so I ran. I think at that, like, Mel blanches a little bit and purses her lips. Noticing that Albert's just going to bring the tea over, put it in front of the young miss. Um, What should we call you? I really don't give a fuck what you call me. Just don't let them hurt me. 
that's something that we can absolutely provide. But know that you've come to our home. I, Call me Raven. That's a fitting name. Raven. There are many of us who have had troubles, who have had to outrun a past. You're safe here. But in order for us to help you, we have to know what to defend against, what signs to look for. Okay, you are trying to befriend her. Yes. So, uh, roll mercy against Raven Girl. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and show the desktop again so people can see all the conflicts in play. So, I'm in I'm in Maiden, uh, and that's plus one to mercy, if I understand that correctly. Yes, that's right. Six. Really? With my plus. Yeah, <laughs> I, roll, I did not roll well. Unless anyone can help. You're screwing this up, Albert. Uh, you know, <laughs> failure only happens if you miss the next step. So this is part of the longer game that you young kids don't understand. Yeah, well, I'll believe you can protect me when I see it. But I'll hide here for now. And then she leaves the kitchen. Hey, 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 where do you think you're going? I'm going to go someplace dark that can't be found, a closet? I don't know. How about we just give you your own room? And you Look, they're trying to fucking drinks. help you. And all you're doing is just being a rude asshole, and I know something about that because I'm a rude asshole, and we've already got one in this house. Uh, so what's your motivation to talking to her like this? Why? I want her to... Well, number one, Mel's in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, like to kind of cow her a little bit mm -hmm. so that she maybe thinks twice about the fact that she's being real nasty to people that helped Mel out. So, yeah. you know, the reason, I, a, the reason I asked is because, you know, this could go any number of moves, but this is a lash out probably, which yeah. is a severity role. Um, as opposed to, uh, you know, could have been a navigate others, but it sounds like you're just like, it's a lash out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be enforce your will if you're actually trying to get her behavior to change. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm lashing out at this point. Yeah. That feels more in line with that. Like, she's being a dick to them. And um, I know a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, you're going after the same conflict because uh, Albert was unable to resolve it. Okay. Which is and Raven Girl. And your I'm severity. In, yeah, and I'm in crone right now, so I have a plus two to severity. Yeah, great. Do I get any additional bonuses You to get that? a plus one because you're in crone, yeah. So you have okay. plus three total. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. There we go. Now we're talking. Uh, all right, so that means then you get a charm because you got cool. a ten plus. Um, that also means you have narrative control, so you get to decide what happens. You can also introduce truths into the story. You're basically the game master. The only thing you can't have narrative control over are conflicts that are still in play, because okay. I have those, or other witches. Uh, but Raven Girl's, uh, I think, going to come back as a conflict, maybe. So I'm going to say this is subdued, which means uh, you really can't control Raven Girl right yet, but... 
um, you can kind of explain how she reacts uh, in you know on the surface and and introduce any truths you would like to. Yeah, um, I feel like um, Mel is taller than Raven is, and so she kind of like looms over her just enough that you know as she's like exiting the kitchen. You know, uh, Mel comes around, cuts her off. And kind of cows her back into the kitchen a little bit and tells her, look, you're going to sit your ass down. You're going to make sure that you drink your fucking tea. And we're going to have a conversation and then we'll put you somewhere where you can actually stay. You don't have to go hide in a closet Harry Potter style here. But only if you stop with this attitude because I promise you, I will out bitch you any day of the week. I think she's, well, she's shocked, scared, and just like, yes, ma'am, all her, her ass to the chair and kind of fixing her posture. Even <laughs> takes Albert's tea. Albert's just going to nod very approvingly towards Mel. Encourage bad behavior. And I go, you know, everybody makes mistakes. It happens. And that's all right, as long as we come out better from it. Now, if you want to be nasty to us, you can be nasty to us. Because you're scared and you're alone. And you figure you got to keep yourself in a position of power, right? Let me tell you, man, we're here to help. Until you tell us not to. Or you give us a reason not to. So why don't I just show you up to a room once you've gotten yourself settled in your teeth. And once you're uh, up there, we can uh, discuss what we can do to protect you. And uh, maybe you can be a little bit more uh, soft towards us because of it. She isn't even looking at you. She's looking at Mel. Mel just sort of nods. And is a little, her expression softens a little bit. Look, you're not the only one that is fucked up. But I can tell you, these are the best people to help you with it. Okay, we're changing chapters. A lot of the uh, escalations have been introduced. We have a good idea of the characters. Um... So this next chapter, uh, I'm thinking, I have to make a decision here. Um, I'm thinking this should be a meeting chapter, which is an interesting set of scenes. It allows you to, um, there are no roles, no conflicts. This is just you handling what you've just received and deciding what to do next. So um, the purpose of this chapter is to collect all of the resources and things that you need to understand what's going on and to make a decision on what to do now. So um, this uh, can go as long or as short as you want, but basically once you figured out what you're going to do, we'll go into the next chapter. So um, I'll just turn it over to you, and this one belongs to you, so I just get to watch. Oh, and answer questions. Do we have to set up the actual physical scene, or is it something that just immediately happens now? Um, it can be any at any point, and we just need to decide that. So uh, I uh, kind of defer to you on where and when you want it to be. It doesn't have to be this moment 
it can be like that evening or the next day, but, um, whatever you want to do as a group meetings belong to the players as opposed to the kind of chapter we had, which belongs to the guide. I like the idea of a house having like a big Victorian parlor where we sit around and talk yeah. about this kind of stuff. I don't see why I wouldn't. You yeah. could, you can have that. You're in the meeting now. So if you need that, you have it. Albert would definitely be all about that. So that definitely is going to, that exists somewhere in this hearth. Of course. Yeah. That evening sounds great. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would move to that evening, I think. Like maybe just after dinner or something. Yeah. And by the way, uh, nobody's told Cabe that uh, we have, we're having visitors coming. He just has no idea. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is <laughs> I, think Abigail, I think Abigail also does not know. We have, we have things to discuss. Yeah, well, in, um, introducing truths real quick, it, it, the same rules apply. If there's a conflict on the table, you can't introduce truths about that. And you can't introduce truths about each other. But the rest is fair game during a meeting. Mel, would you like to share our news from earlier today? Not really, but I'm going to anyway. So apparently we have the Seven Sisters coming and also a whole shitload of covens. What? For the solstice? Yeah. They're coming for the eclipse. Well, damn. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, they're like, the, they're in charge, right? Like, that's the deal? Okay. I, Abigail genuinely is pretty new here. That's not me asking. That's yeah. me in character asking. Um, yeah. So, like, what happens if it goes poorly? Well, they said we weren't supposed to or we didn't need to host them or anything. They tried to make it sound like they won't be any kind of inconvenience to us. But, I mean, it's part of why I started tidying up the place. Yeah. Um, every time I have relatives come in and they say they're not going to make themselves an inconvenience... They become a huge inconvenience. So, uh, yeah, I think we're screwed. Albert is taking a very visible, long, deep sigh. And I think you guys, those of you that know him, will have seen this before. He's got something to say, but he's, he's trying not to say it. Albert, you're doing the thing again. Oh, I, no, I, I did shower today. No, that's not what I'm talking about, though I do appreciate that you showered today. Thank you for that information. We no, you're doing that grow. other thing again. Yeah, that one where you look like a witness about to take the fifth. I sometimes remember things that have never happened. Sometimes it's best that I be clear before I speak. We all know the power of words. Yeah, they're the first form of magic. Everybody knows that. But I don't see why everybody's so nervous about it. I mean, this is a great way to put ourselves in the mix, get to know some people, network. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 
do you remember what things were like during the glory days of this hearth, this coven? I do. My family tells me stories about it, and it was large and vibrant. You know, I, I see it as more of a return to past glories than uh, uh, something to be feared or anxious over. Well, then again, it is a solstice on an eclipse, and we're going to have a bunch of very powerful witches here. I mean, sure, things could go south, but properly managed, I think it could be a positive thing. When was the last instance you remember of witches properly managing such a large, powerful gathering in one space? Well, one that's being headed by the governing body would think that they would have some sort of handle and control over their constituency. And of all the places in the world, they would come here, to this coven, to this town. Well, you do know how eclipses work. They're only visible at certain regions of the world at any given time. We just happen to be at the right longitude. Completely exposed, cut off from other powerful covens. Should anything go awry? Mel leans over to Abigail and very quietly goes, points at them and goes, glass half full, glass half empty. I'm, I'm getting that, I think. Um, Abigail, I just want to note that throughout this, Abigail is occasionally texting with someone. Uh, I actually want to set up uh, a... Not necessarily a truth, but sort of an understanding between Joe and myself in that a lot of times he will take a stand and I will automatically take the opposite stand. Yes. Just to take the opposite stand. Yeah. So it's up to you guys to sort of settle it in between. I think, yeah, I think that's part of our deal. Like we, totally we, we play off of each other. Like we know this is how we're wanting you guys to choose right now. It's mom and dad kind of weird dynamic. Look, they're coming. There's not anything we can do about it. So if we're fucked, we're fucked. Like, what do they like? Like, can we, like, I don't know, make a pie or something? Like, is there, like, a thing we can do to make them feel more at home? Um, Also, like, Bird Girl, we should talk about that. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. But... Disease. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so I'm going to bake a pie. We're agreed on that. And um, no blackbirds in that pie, by the way. No blackbirds in the pie. It's just going to be a nice apple pie. Apples are okay. in season. It's going to be great. Actually, I was thinking more about uh, getting online with the uh, Chamber of Commerce and Maybe trying to give this a second name, like some kind of convention to come into town. Get it some real-world legitimacy. Maybe we can actually bring an influx of uh, much-needed attention and cash into the town. Or perhaps protection. Um, There is a big Christmas celebration that is going to happen uh, later I guess I'm introducing a truth. Now. Yeah, it's, uh, all, it's all you guys have a steering wheel now. Yeah, there's a, a big Christmas celebration that's coming up. Uh, 
at the uh, the Harvest Hills megachurch, you know, a few towns over. Um, and we could just say they're coming in for that and they need somewhere to stay. I well, don't believe it wise that they stay here. What's that? I don't believe it wise that they stay here. Well, no, I'm saying... I don't believe that's that something we have under our control. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, we could use that to provide cover for them in case anybody gets curious. And you know I have an in, uh, and I'm going to pause and say out of character that uh, Abigail has not actually explained who she is, but they know that she has an in at the Harvest Hills Megachurch. Um, You know I have an in there, and, like, I can... I can convince them to like cover for us. A lot of people are going to be coming into town for this. It's one of the big events of the year. They have real camels. <laughs> wow. Do they yeah. turn into annoying teenage brats? No, they're just camels. Okay. Did they ask the camels but if they permission? did, I'd point them right in your direction because you handled that one beautifully. Uh, as far as I know, they don't ask the camel's permission, no. But I think I think they like it. I don't know. I have never actually asked a camel how it feels about anything. I have. They usually... That's not important. Look, They usually just spit in your act. We're going to have to see to the safety of the coven. We have others that are under our care. Anyone under this roof is under our protection. This we swore... With this, I am in full agreement with you. But I have to put on the table that there are certain elements of this situation that we can control, and there are certain elements about this situation that we can't. What we need to do is make sure that we uh, mitigate whatever harm comes over the situation on things that we cannot control and try to put solid control on the things we can't. What we can control... Do you make a habit of using so many words to say so little? All right. There's some shit we can do something about and some shit we can't. Let's do some some things about the shit we can. Thank you. I think I agree. Yes. So, trying to provide some kind of legitimate cover for why hundreds or so people are going to show up into this town out of the blue. Probably be a good thing. Try to create some situations where where these with these people find try to find a place to stay. Things are covered. And just try to ride this out the best we can and hope nothing comes out of the the caboose doesn't come off this train. I feel I must share some insight that I was able to glean from our new guest. Uh, You're aware of my tendency to project forward and see what may come. And one vision stood out. A flock swarm, a darkening mass of ravens, much like herself, with a very strong connection to the eclipse. So many a number that they dwarfed the moon, the sun, they became the eclipse itself. I'm troubled by this, obviously, but we should take care to not judge our guest. Let us be reminded that she is under our care. Let us mentor her. Let us care for her. Let us learn what we can about what may be coming. I we must also to... remind you, sir, that our that our charter 
actually demands that we take care of witches and provide them with guidance and succor. Not so much whatever paranormal beings strikes his fancy to come on in our door. Nifty, she's going to cause us more trouble than she's worth. I'm not sure if we're uh, if we're obligated to help her. Right, but when I came here a year ago, I wasn't fully a witch or even like really in control of my powers or even like aware they existed. And I was trying to tell you while I was a man, and like you took me in, you gave me somewhere to stay, you helped me figure out what I needed to do and what was wrong. And like you listened to me when I said my name is Abigail, and I think we should do that for this girl too. Like turning into a girl from being a bird isn't exactly gender dysphoria, but it feels like it lives in the same neighborhood. Um, I don't know. It did Maybe. not seem to me that she came willingly. Something hurt yeah. her. Yeah, something's after her. Yeah, and like. Obviously, we don't need a fight at our doorstep, but thats we're not the people who turn anybody away. I know the people who do that, and they're not good people. We're good, and we don't turn anybody away. She may have some attitude, but she hasn't harmed us yet. Look, if you can deal with me, you can deal with her. I would imagine that the person that was hurt from her situation is uh, someone of considerably high ranking amongst her culture to cause this level of kerfuffle. We're not talking about, you know, a clutch of dozen or so whatevers. We're talking about enough of them to blot out the sun. If, uh, this premonition is to be believed. Not that I don't. I trust your premonitions. You see why I was reluctant to share. No, I don't. This is important information. It should be part of this discussion. So what say we? What is our next move? Clean this fucking house. The house needs to be cleaned. I need to make that pie. Somebody perhaps, needs- perhaps Raven can benefit from social activity. Yeah, mm. she could. She could help you clean the house. I say we go to her and we say that we are willing to give her a safe haven as long as she gives us the details as to why she is on the run. I think that is a reasonable and equitable exchange. We provide her protection over uh, whatever period of time she so desires. All we need to know is why she's in the situation that she's in so we can make better decisions. Uninformed decisions are poor decisions. And we ask her to help Mel clean. Of course, that's just part of being in the house. You got to pitch in, right? Yeah. Well, maybe I can dig some more information out of her. Well, you seem to have a connection with a girl. I encourage you to do so. I'm just saying, we can't go off half-cocked and provide a sanctuary for anybody that comes through here. We have to make sure that they're worthy of it and worthy of our time and attention. Oddly, I agree. So did you get everything you needed from the meeting? I think the matter is settled. 
You might think this would go into a mundane chapter where you get to talk to the new girl and figure out what's going on and safely move on to the next part of your lives, but that's not going to happen. Oh, no. We're going into uh, a menace chapter. I would like a, a quick aside with Cabe, if if we may, though, before we jump into that. Oh, sure. Yeah, please. Um, I'm going to wait until the others have um, left the room and... I'm going to ask you quite pointedly. When a person legally changes their name, how far back do those records go? Well, it depends under the circumstances. There are certain circumstances where somebody has their name legally changed to protect their identity, let's say witness protection, or when there's a situation of child endangerment, so on and so forth. And then those records are sealed in order to protect the identity and the, the, uh, background of that individual if someone is simply like say most states have a situation where you can change your name legally once you're married uh those records stay in place and are connected to whatever other identifier the government has like such as social security number and so on and so forth say i had changed my name some time ago with the sisters coming to town is there any danger of someone discovering i had committed such an act if they had reason to look. All truths cower under enough scrutiny, my friend. Anybody can find out. And we know that these are fairly powerful people that could probably focus their attention fairly keenly. Unless they have a reason to do so, I don't see why they would go through all the trouble. If you've gone through the trouble of uh, changing your identity legally, it would take a little bit of digging to find that out. But not impossible for them to discover. Uh, I'm of the school of thought that says that things are merely very unlikely and never impossible. That's exactly what I was afraid you would say, but thank you for saying it. You'll always get the truth from me, my friend. Thank you for the juicy niblets. Uh, Chris? Yeah. Uh, whatever this next bit is, is it going to be like immediately following or be immediately? Yeah, I'll be immediately following. Okay, cool. Um, cool. I was going to introduce something, but it doesn't make sense. To do it, so. Okay. Um, and you can always spend charm to introduce truths, no matter what chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you are, uh, now you now need to choose your aspects again. Um, and if they are, you know, we're still on the same day, so you might feel the same way, but you don't have to. Maybe something happened in the meeting that might change your mood or your outlook or make your mood or outlook worse. Uh, but you do need to tell me what your, your aspect is now. I think mother. Feeling a little more nurturing. Uh. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Crone. I think she's still a whole bucket of grouch. Mm-hmm. I suppose it would allow you to make it an informed decision, too. So um, all magic is going to be at woe during a menace, which means you're going to do as a disadvantage. You have to pick the two, the two lowest rules, um, except for the one, except for your aspect. Those spells are normal. I think Albert's going to, he wants to go into Crone, but 
he's deciding to be a mother because there's an addition to the family that needs mentoring, that needs nurturing. And that's how he sees himself serving best, even though he wants to lash out or run. Good. So, um, uh, I oh, think sorry. this is a situation where I might have to be the mediator, so I'm going to go maiden. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Abigail and Mel have left uh, in the two of you behind in the kitchen, and you were on your way into probably the common area, that sort of sitting room, or maybe away from there to the kitchen. I guess I got it backwards. Anyway, you're leaving the area. And as you're kind of walking through the hallway, you can hear clattering on the roof, like um, thousands of clawed feet walking on the rooftop. It just—it sounds like a whole bunch of rats are running through the attic or something like that. And um, it, it, it stops after a moment. Now, uh, the other two of you in the sitting room are far enough away that you don't hear it. Well, it's a little early for Santa Claus. Uh, Should we go find out what that is? Should we tell the others first? No, we can do it. We can do it. We can handle it. Yeah, they're busy bickering. Yeah, it's probably nothing. It's probably uh, eight tiny reindeer, right? I said it's a little early for that, but uh, I'm more worried that Raven Girl's family maybe yeah is popped uh, by. So as I'm following you wherever you're going, I'm like, so is Santa Claus real? Is that like a thing? Uh, I guess if you keep Christmas in your heart, it is. Oh, you're just giving me a hard time. Okay. All right. Fine. Um gonna go and uh imagine we've got a couple of stories in the house yeah that's how i picture it too Uh uh-huh rather than like going um all the way like out the front door or something i want to go to like a second story deck and stand out there and like lean back and try and see what the hell is on the roof it the temperature really dropped since earlier this afternoon you can see your breath um you can smell snow coming in those of you Mm -hmm. from these climates know what i mean by that um and you don't you don't hear anything but there is a figure that slowly comes down over the ledge uh, of another window two or three rooms down and it looks like a person that is upside down kind of pushing themselves lower to look inside the window but it's night there really aren't any lights around here and it's hard to tell exactly who it is or what they're doing but a burglar uh, something somebody is climbing down upside down a balcony over i'm gonna hope that i startle him real bad and just go excuse me can i help you all right uh, sorry go ahead uh, go ahead. Uh, as I have, to I was just going to say, I I have my phone with me, so I flip on my flashlight and shine it over there. Um. Okay. Well, with the light, you can see that this is a 
it's like somebody that was in um uh oh man what's the ballet with the birds spawn lake it's like a cast member of spawn lake (laughs) he's completely donned with feathers he has some sort of raven-like mask and he's suspended upside down with talent uh, and you do startle him. What are you trying to do with that? Are you trying to disarm him? I want him, him to, like, lose his grip okay. and fall. All right. So I think this is a, um, this is an enforce your will, which is okay. a severity roll, and you're rolling against Raven Man. Okay. So I get a plus one to that, and then plus my severity. Yeah, because you're still in Chrome, right? Okay. So I have a plus three. So that gives me a, a, uh, I got 11 again. Oh, sweet. Okay, so um, this is a move. So that means you get a charm. Woo! You uh, also have narrative control. Um, I'm going to keep this subdued, though. So actually, you know what? You can resolve this. You can choose to resolve this if you want, which means that that guy is out. If uh, he falls or he does whatever it is that you want him to do, but he's he's not he's not a threat. He's not a conflict anymore. Sure. Um, it's not. Is it snowy out at no, all? No, but it's cold. It's, it's it, like cold. it's probably if there was any water on the ground, it's probably frozen over. Okay. Um, I imagine we've got uh, just that's probably a little bit muddy outside from where we're at. I want him to have lost his grip. And scrambled, like, tr- you know, trying to get some purchase. And it just, you can hear the his fingers and claws, like, scrabbling against the side of the house as he goes straight down to the ground and, like, face he, plants on the ground. Does he get hurt or broken or does he, like, break a neck or something like that? Uh, I mean, she wasn't trying to, like, murder the dude. I mean, murder is more appropriate with crows than ravens anyway. Um but just, like, uh, maybe be unconscious from the fall. Okay. All right. So uh, does he make any noise? Did it happen quietly? I think he probably loud, lets out a loud, like, squawk. Okay. Um, after that moment, uh, you hear the beating of very, very large wings as creatures are flying off of the roof. And through the um, dim... City light beyond uh, the street lights on the side roads that you can see ahead of you. You can see these um, silhouettes sort of block the sky. There must be six or seven of them, and they are, if ravens, the size of raptor. Like they're they're probably the size of condors. Oh well. They're flying away yes. in order to get into a better formation. Okay, now is maybe the time we want to get. Uh get Albert and uh, Cabe. (laughs) Do you know what those are? Uh, I can't imagine that they're good and I imagine that they are related to our newest guest. Okay, you go get uh, would you rather go get her and make sure she's safe or would you rather go get Albert and Cabe? I'll I'll do whichever you don't want to do. Actually I'm going to go get our friend that just landed on the ground. Okay. If you want I, to go get them. I will go get them. 
Yeah, on the way by, do I pass like her door? You can make that true if you spend a charm. Otherwise, I'll make it harder on you. Oh. Mm. We're in a menace chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to spend a charm. Okay. And say that her door is like the first one right by the stairs because we don't have a lot of people staying here. So uh, I just knock on it and and poke my head in. And she's being very teenager, but I'm just going to tell her. It seems like there's some bad people here, so maybe she should, uh, you know, come downstairs and hide out. Her eyes get really wide, and she, she knows exactly who they are. She's like, yeah, "Hide me, hide me, hide me! They're going to kill me! They're going to kill me!" You gotta, you gotta come downstairs. That's where we. That's where the witches are. We can protect you down there. So just follow me. I'm going to take you to the others. Yeah, you don't need to roll for that. She's going willingly for sure. Okay. Uh, anyway, you're going to saunter down. In the meantime, you're, uh, the rest of your coven, the, uh, the two gentlemen, are completely unaware that there are monsters outside. Are you going to uh, let them know, or are you going to just continue down to uh, get the guy that fell into the snow, or I guess into the ice? Uh, well, that's what I'm going to do is go and get him. Um, I'm going to... You can tell me if I need to spend a charm for this, but I'd like to imagine we have a garden hose outside. Oh, you don't need to spend charm for that. However, okay. it's cold. It is cold. Yeah. I'm just wanting to take the actual tubing of the hose mm-hmm. and like wrap him up in it and drag him inside. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, you don't need to spend charm for that, but he is uh, conscious and is not going willingly. When you actually see uh... him, he's um, no longer wearing this raven costume or whatever that was. He's just a man, and he's wearing like old, greasy, um, like an automobile, like a mechanic's jumpsuit, uh, and and it's sort of torn and tattered and unwashed. Uh, he's unshaven, uh, and he's just trying to crawl away. But you are coming at him with his hose, completely taking him by surprise. Okay. Um, so this is uh, uh, is a severity. So I think you want to resolve the conflict using violence. So this is lash out. Cool. And the uh, the conflict is uh, uh, you don't need to pay for the conflict. It's there. This guy is a uh, raven guy is trying to run away. Okay. So go for it. That is nine. Okay. All right. So you um, you're able to restrain him and pull him inside. Uh, however, it's taking a while. For sure. you to do it as <laughs> he's trying to get away. <laughs> so you, you finally got him restrained. And at this point, there are three of these raven men or whatever they are landing right where you are. Drop, drop, drop. And then there's two more hovering around. And one of them is walking towards you in a very deliberate way, probably 10 feet away. You can just see him clear as day. This isn't a costume. These are walking giant ravens. Okay. Yay. So you have them. You can go inside, but they're right outside. Yeah. I'm going to drag them inside and slam the door. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys hear the door slammed. Out. <laughs> You're not that far away from the front. Yeah. Uh, Albert's going to crane his head over, see that something just got dragged in through the threshold. And Albert's going to run up and see what's what. Made a new friend. I see Albert pop up and we go, what 
Where's Raven? Bathroom. Raven, where's Raven? Who's got Raven? I do. I'm coming down the stairs with her following me, like almost clutching my back. Anybody want to tell me what's going on? Somebody was being a bit of a peeping Tom, and uh, they're here to tell us all about it right now. The door is thrown open, kicked open, most likely. Completely broken off of the hinges. The door flies like over Mel into the wall, breaking through the drywall. And behind them are these two monstrous birds. And they are pulling themselves into the room, but they are so big, they actually have to break part of the threshold down in order to get inside. Yeah. um... Quick look at the desktop. Um, The Raven's attack is a conflict in play, and it has already phased one escalation, so things are getting worse. Okay. There's something I want to do. Go for it. I'm going to walk up uh, towards the entrance. Uh, I am going to basically just sort of stand there and I'm going to clap my hands together and cast a blessing. What's the blessing? Oh, we lost your audio. There we go. Um, White Terra is the uh, blessing that I'm doing under Maiden, and that is bring peace to a situation with discord, anger, or resentment. My goodness. Terra comes in handy. That is a Maiden, which is a mercy. It's a blessing. It's a mercy roll, and you're in Maiden, so you get an additional plus one from your mercy plus your mercy. Okay, I got a nine on the dice. Uh, I got a plus one basic and a plus one because I am in Maiden, so that makes it an 11. Well, that's a pretty good roll. All right, so this is different than a move. You actually use magic. So uh, first of all, I'm going to need to know what the magic looks like because that's where this game shines is how you get to describe the magic in your own way. Secondly, uh, you actually get an experience point in Maiden. And if you get two more experience points in Maiden, you can pick a spell from another craft that's a maiden spell. So, um, so you have you have narrative control. Um, these guys are subdued. This isn't going to take them out necessarily. But you tell me what happens. Um, so basically, I sort of uh, walk out uh, into the middle of the situation, and this sort of like gust of wind sort of bellows towards me and causes my clothes to sort of like flap back. And when I clap my hands, it's sort of like this sort of shocking boom that immediately gets everyone's attention. And I'm going, gentlemen, let's watch the sundries. They do belong to someone. Perhaps we should have a discussion. And I just point towards the point towards the furniture and says, shall we sit? And at this point, they changed forms into um well it turns out there was more than just gentlemen there's uh there were there were uh, there was a man and a woman coming in and then the other three were landing and they kind of changed forms just like that girl did but now they're humans and it looks like they are um 
if they're if they're not homeless, they definitely aren't. Uh, they don't have access to, you know, showers and plumbing. Probably, uh, they they look really worse for the wear, and and they're you know mid forties, uh, and they're immediately docile, and the, the the energy of the spell just kind of washes away all of the whatever emotions they were feeling that were causing conflict. Um, at this point, they're coming in and they're sitting down just like you asked, and they're sort of. I wouldn't say they're in a haze, but they're sort of like uh, they 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 they're, they're like a bit high or drugged or something. They feel they're not acting alert. But um, at this moment, uh, Raven has turned into a raven and is flying out of the house, straight from uh, trying to. I mean, unless Abigail wants to stop her in some way. Yeah, I want to try stopping her. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I want to just see if I can grab her, like by the by the foot, you know. As she get her. That's her whole plan. Get her. <laughs> yeah, just grab her. I don't. I. She's not a ghost, you know. You would know. <laughs> she's she's a she's a real girl. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just grab her by the by the foot. Why are you grabbing her? Are you trying to protect her? Or are you trying? Yeah, to I don't. I can't guarantee that there aren't more of them out there, and I know I can. Put, I know that I have a better shot of protecting her in here than I do out there. All right, so that's a protect roll. Okay. Against Raven as flying away, and that is a mercy. Okay. So I get a plus two to mercy, and I'm rolling three die. Uh, are you, no, that's just for magic. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I got a 13. Or a 12, rather. Sorry. Can't add. Well, you guys are rolling. You all are running, rolling very well. Okay, so she's no longer flying away. Uh, you get a charm. Because that was a high roll. And uh, you tell me what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like uh, as as Raven, you know, I, I just sort of see out of the corner of my eye that she is... Uh, changing to a bird and it's sort of like when somebody like grabs a fly out of the air just like my hand just shoots out and grabs her by the the talon and kind of pulls her back and is like i can keep you safe in here i don't know if i can keep you safe out there look cape's got this handled and like just kind of like reaches over and swings the door shut she kind of melts back into girl form and is now hiding behind you like she's probably 15 16 but she looks 12 in the way that she's you know sort of cowering and afraid she is afraid but she these, believes you'll protect her are these these are your people i assume uh who who are they they're my clan what what's a tell me what's a clan i'm new at all this my family okay well, families can be tough. Families can be really tough. So don't worry. And like Abigail knows this is a terrible idea, but she can't stop herself from saying, I'm your family now. Still riding high on that success. I think she believes you. <laughs> a gutsy move. I like it. Okay. So um, the threshold of the door is crumbling. The door itself is across the hall 
embedded into the drywall. Um, the ravens are now people, and they're sitting in the study. Uh, so you've taken care of the menace. Uh, I think. Can at I this offer you some tea? <laughs> Any other libation? Maybe some crackers. Albert's already walking in with a tray. We've done this trick before, like, yeah. All right, so we're switching gears into a mundane chapter, which means if there are conflicts in play, they're not like going to be hurting you. There's going to be more social kind of conflicts. Yeah. Okay. Now, I was, trying, I was second guessing my decision, but yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay, because you you took care of the conflict. They're they're not going to hurt you right now. Are you sure? Yep. Because we are now in a mundane chapter. They can't. Well, no tricks for you guys us. Yeah, seem to have a very <laughs> severe notion about how to ha- knock on someone's door. We're just taking our little girl back. Seems she's a runaway. Well, this is a halfway house for people that are on the run. She's come to this place seeking our sanctuary. She don't need sanctuary from us. Well, she seems to think quite the contrary. She seems to think that she caused some kind of ruckus that would cause you to uh, take rather rash action. You're all the witches, ain't you? You all are the what, then? Witches? That's how you stopped us from fighting you? Look... It's obvious. Yes, I am a witch. Hello, my name is Cabe, by the way. Cabe Warner. Um, what might you be? Hunter. And that girl right there, the one hiding behind her, she, she's ours. Brooke, come out here. Come on, Aaron. Her name's Raven. <laughs> As original. I thought you witches were smart. Says the man named Hunter. That's a given name. So was Raven. She gave it to herself. Alright, what do you want for me to get our girl back? Obviously we can't take you on in our normal way. Uh, I don't see any reason for uh, any undue conflict. Maybe we can just settle this like civilized beings and maybe have a discussion. What has this girl done? That has made her so afraid of you. Well, that ain't any I don't business. like my pappy, but I sure ain't scared of him. That ain't any of your business. Now, what's this going to take? Because I don't have all night, and neither does my wife. We You're not get getting her back. You're not getting her back. She's staying here as long as she wants to stay here, as long as she needs to stay here. And who's saying that, princess? Who's going to stop us? Me. Huh. We'll get her back one way or another. sit down on the couch. Now, why don't you answer my goddamn question and tell me what the girl did that made you so tuckered off? Okay, so you're going to confront intransigence. Um, I need to know why the change of inflection, though. Is that are you are you acting it up in order to get a reaction, or are you actually mad? No, I'm actually very mad. I'm being very polite, and I'm asking a very simple question, and they're being very evasive. And usually when a witness is evasive, you, you either try to make friends with them or you try to intimidate them. And that's what I'm trying to do. So you are doing enforcer will, which is severity, against intransigence.
I got a six. All right. Um, uh, so, uh, Hunter just laughs at you. <laughs> he just laughed. He says, I know you. You're that two-bit lawyer. I got dirt on you. Yeah, we got dirt on a lot of you. We're carrions, you see. We find dirt. We know about you. There's a new county supervisor. You know that? Are you on mute, Jim? Uh, all right. So you're going to say that I should have a reason to be scared of you. And I don't. I'll shut this dump down. You don't give me my girl. You have my word on that. I can't take you on with your powers, but I can take you on through the county supervisor. You're welcome to try. I will. Let's go, honey. Uh, before they leave, I would like to uh, do a curse in Mother. <laughs> okay. Um, I, it's plus one to wisdom. So the curse is going to be... Well, let's roll and see what how I do. <laughs> well, before you, t- before you do that, you have to roll against mm-hmm. a conflict. Right now, there are no conflicts in play that you can roll against logically. So we're going to get to a fun uh, part of the game here. Can um, you give me one? I can. You will. Uh, I will pay you for that. Or you could. Um, Raven's attack is now is subdued, but you could go after that even if it's subdued. But you'd have yeah. to pay for it. So, so what I'm thinking to do, and then you can let me know what uh, the best method would be. Um, the curse is no one will listen to the subject, abide by their wisdom, or take them seriously. No matter uh, no matter their behavior or action, they will be viewed as a fool by those around them, in particular those they admire. So if this guy tries to go to the county or anything, it's not going to work. Gonna, yeah, yeah, if um, I would pay the charm to use the subdued one because otherwise mm. things will escalate, and that's the let's perfect that. curse for what this yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. Um, right. If I'm paying, do I still roll? No. Um, okay. Uh, oh uh, no! I'm sorry. You do. I'm sorry. You do. Okay. Uh, okay. But you uh, you get narrative control, no gotcha. matter what the outcome is. Gotcha. It's a mother. Uh, okay. Really enjoying the system, by the way, Chris. Well, thank you. If you would like nine. more information, it is that. <laughs> okay. Um, nine. All right. Cool. So uh, that is a success, obviously. Um, and normally, I would have narrative control, but since you paid a charm, you do. Mm. And uh, and you can tell me how this goes down. Also, I want to hear what the spell looks like or feels like, yeah. or you know what the experience of it is. Um, so Albert, when he does magic, it's very it's very subdued. It's like unless you really know him, you wouldn't know he's doing magic. But what this looks like for the audience is um, Albert just kind of sinks in, and he for a moment embodies shame and isolation and rejection. And he just layers that like strands of a web and he's just weaving it all around this person and he's attaching it to the people around him. Um, the supervisor, people in the clan, even the wife, um, just attaching all these strands of just like complete rejection. And he's just visualizing all of that. And he just nods and it's done. It's been it's it's been moded. It's and so it shall be. 
So, uh, and he's none the wiser, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Meredith Mitchell. I want to make sure that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, all right. So they they kind of leave in a huff, thinking they've got one on you. They can't mm-hmm. come and attack the place, but they'll get you some other way. And right. Um, the uh, the the older boys that were with him, the other ones, the other ravens that were out there, are now are obviously his other kids, and they are you know doing their intimidating posture thing as they're kind of like strutting away. They think they got you. Mm-hmm. And okay. Freaking sweet. All right, mm-hmm. so that was mundane. Um, I think we probably need a meeting again, so you guys can distill what happened. So I'll hand it over to you. Well, that was fun. They were like giant birds. Like, you realize that, right? They were like giant birds. Have you seen that before? Raven's like, yeah. I Like, Cabe, you must have seen that before, right? Yeah. Nope. We're Therianthropes. Where, like, where do you live? Uh, Dad's got a farm... Okay. Hmm. Well, where you live is here now. How come they didn't take me? I don't understand. Because we didn't know. And because your family. You can see kind of like everything shedding, all that anxiety is sort of... She witnessed firsthand that she's safe. And she's going to sit down and enjoy tea and sort of unwind. But she's there if you need information from her. Do you believe that we can protect you now? And can you trust us enough to tell us more about what happened? Yeah, I I can tell you. I... I started to realize that I can make things happen with my mind. And... Uh, I started reading some books, and I was well. I, I I tried to make the ground shake, and it did. And the and the barn collapsed, and one of the beams uh, broke my brother's leg, and and he. He called me a witch and started hurting me, and I got away. But my family knows what I am, so uh, so they'll kill me. They've killed other other people that were witches. Do they harbor some specific hatred toward our kind? They think that witches have made deals with the devil and that they're evil and dangerous and they hunt them. I shoot Cabe a look like, are you getting this? Oh, that is a whole new situation now, isn't it? You came to us for protection, but what it sounds like you really need is to learn what you can actually do. I'm not a witch. I don't. I don't deal with the devil stuff like you do. I just. 
Oh, you have that very wrong. No, I don't do that. I just had some, I don't know, psychic powers or something. Maybe it's because I'm a therianthrope and... Hey. Um, I was like you not too long ago. And it took me forever to admit that this was happening to me. And it's happening to you. And it's great. These people will take care of you no matter what. And they'll have your back no matter what. It's going to be better the sooner you accept it. Okay? Okay, what now? Then you won't need other people to fight for you. They're not going to stop. They're going to keep coming. And they're going to keep coming until, until I'm dead or I'm with them. Then fucking learn to fight. You've got some powers that you've got going on here. You came to us for protection. What have you got to lose? I'm going to assume this is a thing I shouldn't be telling Raven, but I just blurred out like a hundred of the most powerful witches in the world are coming here very soon. We can definitely protect you. Oh, I shoot her a look when she says that. (laughs) Yeah, we both do. Like, Okay. 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 Uh, what do I need to do? Honey, first thing you got to understand, God, don't make no mistakes. Who you are is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you. A, never had a conversation with Satan. Probably never will. Don't even really think the guy exists. So you got kind of a wrong idea skewed by your pappy over there about what you are and what we are. We're pr- perfectly happy to teach you. And at the end, you'll be better off. But know this. All we're offering you is knowledge. What you do with it is up to you. Well, what do I do about about that? And what about the church? I mean, he's going to go to the church. And he's going to get everybody out here. He's going to shut this place down. He knows Ain't people. Ain't nobody going to believe any word he said. You let me handle the church if it comes to that. I have friends there. This place has weathered many a storm, and I have witnessed it. This place is not going anywhere anytime soon, so long as I draw breath. So long as this hearth remains, you're safe. Well said. You need not be a witch. We can help you discover who you intend and decide to be. So long as you call yourself one of us, your family, no harm will come to you. I think at that moment she comes and gives you a hug. Uh, Suddenly, you know, kind of like one of those... uh, Kiki's fly. It was a, no. It was a Potter, no, the um, Ponyo, the Ponyo mm-hmm. hug. Weird reference. Anyway, um, normally you would need to roll for that, but since this is a meeting and you're trying to comfort her and get her on your side, you don't have to roll for that. These are truths, and this just happens. So she's she trusts you, uh, and she'll and she'll do what you need. Are we all in agreement? Yeah. So say we all. So mote it be. What are you going to do next? Ah, little girl, I'm so excited to have you on board. We haven't had a young one here in a while. Hey. I'm you were 20. old when you walked in the door. I'm 25. I'm not that old. I believe okay. it is customary in times of crisis that the coven convene and cast a warding of sanctuary over our hearth. This cannot happen again. Also, 
I think it's time for a ritual of initiation as well if she wishes to join us. We also should probably fix the door. Yeah. Uh, the mundane concerns, yes. Got one foot in that month. I got one foot in that world, man. I just, you know. Okay. Um, why don't we go into a montage, which will close this session. Uh, this is a type of chapter in which you have narrative control, just like the meeting, except you're just doing what your character does. And you're introducing truths around your character. And if you want other characters in, you can do it. Like, for example, if you wanted to talk about what the warding looks like. It's warded. It does this. It does that. This is what it looks like when you're putting up the ward. Or if you wanted to do the initiation. Or, you know, or if it's maybe just a moment that you have with another character. Or maybe it's a moment you have by yourself. But you each take it in turn and you just sort of tell the story from your point of view. The only things you can't introduce truths about are the solar eclipse... Uh, the Raven Clan, and the Seven Sisters. Because those are conflicts in play. Or each other. Make sense? Uh, I want to request that I go last, because I do have a scene, but it kind of makes sense at the end. Unless somebody else is dying to go last. Okay, who wants to take it first? This is the best part of the game. I get to you get to work and I get to watch. Um I think the next morning Mel gets on the phone and starts making the calls to get people out there to help fix the door. Um she's still sort of agitated about everything that's going on, but in Raven, she sort of sees herself in a way and um, probably spends a little bit of time like being a little nicer to her now that she's calmed down and is not quite so bratty. Um, and... Uh, trying to think. I actually think that she would spend a moment uh, talking to Albert as well. Just, um, mm. I, I think I get it. What do you get? What it must have been like when I came here. And what makes you say that? Because she's sort of in the same boat. I mean, for different reasons, but uh, I guess I never, I never said thank you, and you never I should have. To. I I should have though. It's not too late. Do you want to give it a try? Well, I thought that might cover it, but I guess not. So, um, thank you. You're very and always welcome. I should, 
as she get back to it. They're going to be here to fix the door pretty soon. Do you still sound like an idiot in your ears? Oh, I don't think anything's going to change that. Give it time. We'll see. We'll yes. see. Yes, we will. I think that's what she pretty much spends the next day doing. Fixing the door. It's like the best door that the place has ever had. Because yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, and probably cleaning and makes Raven help her out with that. And, you know, they chit chat a little bit, but probably nothing too heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Who wants to take the next scene? I'll go ahead and do that. So in the basement of this place, um, there is uh, basically a large uh, rug covering the floor. But when you flip it over, uh, there's a gigantic sort of world tree looking inlay on the ground, uh, inlaid in silver. It's not complete there. And when you actually look at it, it's filled with small little symbols. And each symbol represents a member of this place in Coven. And once they initiate, they're supposed to mark their sigil in it. Um, And in the ritual, I go, we are all representative of threes. The the shape of of support, the shape of stability, the shape of transcendence, the shape of uh, of the three sisters, the maiden, the mother, and the crone. We are all aspects of three. I am as I, I, I have chosen three aspects that represent me. And those are my personal aspects. And they are represented in this sigil. And there's like a sigil amongst the tree that I point out that has uh, the balancing scales of justice. Now, you must find within yourself the three aspects that represent you and create a symbol that represents those. Once you have turned the inward eye and see yourself as the threefold you that you are, the person that you were, the person that you are now, and the person that you will be, all these elements will coalesce. And then you can truly join us and be one with our coven. Do you wish this? I already have my symbol. Very well. Blessed. And I hand her the instruments. And this is like, it's like an ancient wooden box. It's like so old uh, that that if if you would squeeze it too hard, it'd probably completely collapse. But inside is basically uh, a a spindle of silver wire and some tools. And, And she goes, don't worry about knowing how to do it. The box will handle it. Just concentrate on what you want it to be. Right, she works with it. And what does it look like when she works with it? Um, Maybe visually. I'm going to say that it looks like wings. Oh, I wasn't Coming. asking about the symbol. We can go there too. Oh. But, uh, no, I, no, I mean... Like, what does the uh, when when she's working with the silver? Does it just sort of like take its shape as it as she's working with it, or does no? It... So basically, she she sort of just kneels down 
into the area and her her hand sort of just sort of like passes by all of the inlay until she finds and she almost closes her eyes while she's doing it until she sort of like circles in on a spot that's smooth and she found her place in it and that's an actual very important part of the ritual because as as we observe the more quickly that you find your place in it the more ordained her joining is and she comes upon it fairly immediately not instantly but fairly quickly so that's somewhat impressive and then she actually keeps her eyes closed as she starts putting the the cord down and pressing it down with this other tool uh and there's this noise that's reminiscent of claws uh, clutch uh, uh, scratching at stone as she's doing it um and but when in the in the darkness of this basement you also almost see like a little bit of a light almost as if part of her own essence or her own self is being transmitted into this silver and that and then when she puts in the final piece there's sort of like a snap and a smell of ozone as that energy sort of spreads out throughout the entire tree and there's a small glow the entire thing glows and then sh- and then shifts back to its original luminescence and she sort of like sighs and sort of like falls over and sort of gently falls asleep almost as if a lot of energy has been drawn from her um and uh i think that it'd be better who wants to pick her up and, and take her off because that's a very tender moment and i don't think that i that belongs to me i think i think albert might unless anyone else wants to I do will. that yeah go ahead awesome i just am saying i'll do it but yeah, yeah like yeah go for it awesome um that's bad uh, for yeah um so the symbol do you know what it is She's not I, on the board, so you can control it. I think that maybe as a group yeah. we should decide on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I really want to take control of that. So she, she's not on the board right now, so you can have narrative control if you want it. What do you guys think? I'm thinking sort of like a phoenix symbol. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, but it's like wings surrounding just like a straight up fire, like flame. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And and, and the, the tips of the flames sort of make a beak at the very top. Mm. That's cool. That is cool. All right. That was better than what I was thinking, so we'll go with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, next up then is Albert, right? Yes. Um, after the ceremony, this is... Um, later on in the evening, everything's finally quieted down and the house is settling. Albert retires back up into his room, um, carefully opening the door not to disturb the many strands that he has hanging everywhere across his room. And he walks over to one particular area where there's just several strands on the ground. He picks them up begins to kind of cat's cradle them around his fingers a little bit, holds it up, and pins a new tag, one that says Raven. And as he does that, he holds it, and all the strands are now in place, holding it's as if that was the missing piece. And he hangs it up to join everything else. And next to that tag is Mel and Abigail. 
he sighs a bit of uh, like a relieved sigh as if completing a puzzle that's been troubling him for a long, long time. He walks over to the same tag we saw earlier, the one with his name. He takes it and again recites, my name is Albert and this is a safe place. And that's the last of his scene for now. All right, take her home, Abigail. Uh, yeah, so Abigail uh, gets Raven in her room and is like, I need to go deal with some stuff. You're safe here. I'm so glad that you're joining us. I think we're going to be almost like sisters. That's going to be cool. And I'm excited about that. But yeah, I'll see you soon. Um, I'll be back in a couple days, I'm sure. Um, she goes down and she goes into that same little washroom that she changed in before and wipes off all her makeup and changes back into her clothes that are uh, sitting there where she left them in a little towel closet. And um, it's like the, like the, the, the light sags out of her um, and she hears her phone buzz and she looks down and there's a text from her dad, like, where have you been, son? What's going on? And she responds, I'm on my way. I didn't forget. I promise. And then there's another buzz. There's a series of texts from someone named Jocelyn. And she opens that up. And the last thing you see that Abigail has sent several messages. The last thing she sent was like, I don't know. I really like this, this new girl. I think we're going to get along. And uh, Jocelyn has replied five times with the same thing. It's all Jocelyn seems to send. And it says, I'm so cold here. And uh, that's where I'll leave it. Ooh. This is what I get for giving you narrative control. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that will close our session. Um, so join us. We're going to be back on May 11th. That's hard to believe. Is that right? Time has, time has stopped. We don't have time anymore. Time is meaningless. Yeah, I know. We'll be back on May 11th uh, for our next session. So if you want to catch up on past episodes, this uh, just one before this one was our session zero. That's at happyjacks.org, Great American Witch. Uh, and if you want to find all the other ha- APs on Happy Jacks, you go, uh, go to happyjacks.org slash shows, and um, you'll find everything there. Also, this is uh, this is my next game. It's not available yet, but if you want more information, you can go to greatamericanwitch.com and uh, you can sign up for information there if you want to know more about this game. Uh, thanks for coming and watching. Now, uh, let's go ahead and take it around. Is there, are there any other announcements? What else is going on with you all? Actually, yeah, I do have an announcement. Um, for those of you who are unaware, uh, I am a board member at the Strategicon series of events. Uh, gaming conventions uh as well situations being what they were our, our may con is not going to go off the way uh that we wanted it to uh we're still on lockdown over here so uh, what we're doing is we're actually having a small virtual convention uh it's completely free of charge all that we do all we ask is that you register on our website at strategicon.net uh and then we will be offering a bunch of different cool and interesting things. Anything from a World of Warcraft classic running across the continents naked race um, 
to uh, a bunch of role-playing games in our department. So what I would like to do is open this up for all of you guys who live out of state or far away in, in, in Europe lands and always wanted to know what it's like to game uh, at a strategic convention. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to log into Discord and maybe play some games. So um, go ahead and log on to the website register there we will be having open uh, pre-reg coming up pretty soon we have some alterations we need to make the website but uh once those are up those games will be available please come join us uh and know that gaming is still alive and well despite of coro uh, of covid19 that's pretty much it awesome um you can catch me here at happy jacks every single monday I'm either playing this game or I'm playing Things from the Flood, which is being run by Kadave, and that's a really fun uh, kids on bikes sort of sequel where it's more of the grungy 90s. So that's a lot of mysteries and fun. You can also catch me over at 12-Sided Stories, where we're currently on our third season of Otherworld London, which is a Cthulhu 1890 game. And that's a lot of fun. And it's fully produced podcast with sound effects and music and everything. And I'm also happy to announce I just relaunched my web store today with all of my art designs. So go to strangelikethat.com and click on shop if you want to go see some of my arts and uh, maybe support small business. (laughs) Uh, Hi. This is the only game they let me play. They don't let me play the other games. This is the game that they let me do. I do it every other Monday. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't have other stuff going on. You can find me and find all my adventures at twitter.com slash tvoti, twitter.com slash tabodi. Hi, y'all. I also am, uh, this is, I guess, my audition run for if I'm, (laughs) Uh, allowed to play more games on Happy Jacks. Hopefully I'm doing okay. You guys let me know. Um, But please be kind. (laughs) I am not doing any other gaming at the moment. Hopefully I'm going to be doing more. I love playing these games. I love telling stories. If you'd like to follow me, you can do so at Joe Love Stories on Twitter or look me up on Facebook. I do narrative coaching and I focus on helping people tell better stories and live better lives. And um, what better way than to do that through RPGs as well? So, yeah, that's me. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, I am going to remember to switch to the calendar. This is what a good uh, host I am. Good work. So, well, we'll see you next time. Bye.